0: Hello, everybody! Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. I'm joined again today with JT Runke, my co-host. I'm Calvin Wright, and we are here to break down some sleepers. Like your draft is coming up, and we all know that you 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 you've got your guys in the first few rounds that you're targeting, but rounds five, six, seven these are the players that really will help you win the league down the stretch. So we're thrilled to bring these guys to you. JT, do you want to to open up with anything?
1: Yeah, I mean, we have to, of course, open up with the big news from the weekend, Calvin. Uh, don't want to just breeze right by that, man. Tell us what happened in your life this weekend. Oh,
0: oh, I, I, by big news, I thought you meant uh, that Zach Wilson had an actual good <laughs> pass. No, I got married, so that's, that's probably less shocking than Zach Wilson having that 55-yard bomb, <laughs> but I got married, so... On some of the news, I, I might be a little out of it. You might have to to kind of take over that segment. I was trying to catch up on everything, but I, it didn't seem like a lot had happened, a few visitings. But yeah, the, the marriage, the wedding, it went great. Um, I was talking to my brother. I said, look, I, I got married and I'm almost done with college, all this stuff before Michael Thomas came back. <laughs> <laughs> so that really put things into perspective for that injury. But yeah, it went great. Uh, thanks for... Thanks for bringing that up. Um, Of course. The the other news that we've got right now, this is, I think, broke today earlier. Alvin Kamara, well, this broke over the weekend. He's suspended for three games officially. I think we all were pretty sure some sort of a suspension was coming. Uh, It was a little unclear what that suspension may be. That whole situation has been very drawn out. But he's now suspended three games, and guess who's visiting the Saints? Kareem Hunt. J.T., Are you interested in Kareem Hunt if he signs with the Saints, or does this just muddy the water?
1: I I think it definitely muddies the water a little bit. When I saw that Kamara was only suspended for three games, um, personally, I think uh, myself and a couple other people that I was talking to kind of expected it to be a Mm longer-term suspension. I feel like for almost a year and a half now, we've been talking about maybe like a six-game suspension or anything like that, right? So, if anything, for Alvin Kamara, it's doesn't actually hurt his ADP as as much as I thought it might yeah Um, I know right now I think he is on sleeper leagues I think he has like I think his ADP is like 42 so you know it uh, if you can get him to fall around or two I I don't I don't have really a big problem scooping up Alvin Kamara if you're trying to target maybe like a hero running back strategy where you revolve around one running back and you go wide receiver and quarterback heavy in the first couple rounds and then you come to the fifth or sixth round here, and Alvin Kamara falls. I think I think taking the the little bit of a risk of waiting for those three games, um, it kind of helps him. Now, also with um, Kareem Hunt coming in, I don't know if they're going to sign him. That that is, it'll be interesting to watch that out, but or how that plays out. Um, but Kareem Hunt, I mean, if he comes in there, I feel like it it, it makes Kamara at his ADP. Not great because mm-hmm. now this this kind of becomes a three headed monster of of Kareem Hunt gets the gets the receiving share Jamal Williams is your is your goal line yes. guy so what exactly is there for Alvin Kamara um, and you have to kind of decide if. Kamara is still the top dog in that backfield and if that workload on first and second downs is enough for you to draft him
0: yeah no I I've been fine all along Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara I think both can do their thing and have value but Kareem Hunt play style I mean you have to go back a little while to the glory years of, of Kareem Hunt back his rookie season at the same time as Alvin Kamara's they had a very similar skill set, that pass catching, really shifty running back. They never saw a ton of volume on the ground, but it made up for in pass catching. So I, I kind of don't want Kareem Hunt to sign there because then I don't really want a part of Kareem Hunt and I don't want Alvin Kamara. Right now, they both, wherever they, they, they end up, will probably be good values, honestly. But incorporating them both into the same backfield and then all the touchdowns going to someone else, I, I don't yeah, think I it's mean, a good situation.
1: It definitely isn't. Of course, I think Jamal Williams stock might be a little too high because Mm -hmm. i mean he kind of gobbled a lot of touchdowns away from amon Ra saint brown last year i think amon Ra was stopped at the one yard line like eight or nine times last (laughs) season so then jamal williams just got all that touchdown production um but he is going to be the kind of third down goal line need one yard we're going to give it to jamal williams type guy um and if you have kareem hunt come in there I, it's just like, yeah, I mean, they're both 28. Like you said, they came into the draft. So like age really isn't a concern with either of them right yeah. now. It might come become a concern in like a year. I feel like we're kind of on the the final prime years of Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt right now, if, if that is something that you, you really look into. But I mean, even if they just add like if it's Kareem Hunt or any other running back that kind of just gets way too messy for me.
0: And then the next news that we have, George Pickens. He is making a push in training camp to be the wide receiver one. I'm sure at this point everyone has seen the one-handed catches he's been making, highlight reel plays. But the chemistry with Kenny Pickett is growing, and a lot of people might think that he could push uh, Deontay Johnson out of the way and be the wide receiver one. Personally, I don't think it's out of the question. I think that talent-wise he might be a step above Deontay Johnson. Deontay has always been so reliable in fantasy for that that PPR floor, but I would not be completely shocked if George Pickens, by the end of this season, is kind of taking over that wide receiver one role. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm kind of on the same. I, I, I really am trying to kind of stay... Very neutral with George Pickens right now because I feel like it's the hottest topic in fantasy Mm -hmm. football wise. You're either all in on George Pickens or you're all out. I'm of the mindset and it's a boring mindset, but I'm of the mindset of wait and see, right? Like I, I really... I mean there are some clips of George Pickens where he looks amazing and then there's some where it's just like I feel like he's just doing OPI every single play and it's like well yeah you were that open because you just trucked the guy down like yeah. you know like so I'm interested to see him in action and I I wouldn't I wouldn't really reach on George Pickens I, I would say because um, if you're taking him a round or two earlier than his ADP, that might burn you more than having him just be there kind of at value or getting him uh, a little below his ADP.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i kind of with you. I think that by the end of the season, he could be the one. I don't think it will result in a lot of fantasy success based on... He's already very popular in fantasy football. Yes. If more and more hype comes out this preseason, if he catches something you know, this weekend, I think that the ADP will adjust. People are not sleeping on him. Uh, so, there's, I don't think there's no, going to be a sure. lot of value. Uh, yeah. Oh, continue.
1: I was just saying, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it, he's one of those guys where, like, kind of like Damian Pierce last year, people take him mm-hmm. three or four rounds um, earlier than you would kind of expect them to take George Pickens because they just they fall in love with him so much. Uh, whereas Damian Pierce, like, was the only guy in Houston last year. I mean... That, that offense still, like, you're not taking George Pickens like you would Damian Pierce last year because that's really all the offense has. You're taking George Pickens because, like, you think he's that, but you have, like, four other guys still there in Deontay Johnson, Pat Friermuth, Najee Harris. Like, this offense is really weird with Matt Canada. I'm surprised they brought him back, to be honest. Um, so that's why I'm kind of a little tentative on him.
0: I'm, I'm with that. Now, the next, this is... This is a backfield I'm watching hard. Uh, The Seahawks running back situation has been intriguing since day one. I liked Walker. Then they bring in Charbonnet, who's who's a great running back. Then they both get injured. And we're kind of tentatively waiting who's going to be healthy because it feels like this role could really come down to who's healthy week one and, and succeeds with it. Charbonnet has returned to practice. Walker does not. Do you think that this has... Any implication that Charbonnet might get the chance to become the starter?
1: I mean, certainly, they there. I would be, I would be surprised if they weren't giving him the first team reps right now. I'm surprised if he isn't out there with the first team come preseason this weekend. Um, and I mean, right now, for the way it is right now, Ken Walker's ADP is 38. 38- um, just around thirty-eight, thirty-nine. I mean, Zach Charbonnet. You really have to go down the board, yeah. um, to find him still, which I'm surprised by. His ADP is around 105. Um, so I mean, right now for the price, I love Zach Charbonnet. But it, it's such Pete Carroll always keeps this the injury kind of thing so close to his chest. So mm-hmm. it, it's hard to know what's going on in that room. Um, but just taking it at face value, I mean you kind of have to go with Charbonnet. I mean, yeah. whoever is getting the the looks with the first team, you have to feel like that is the the player who has a better shot as of right now.
0: And I, I fully agree. I, I don't want to get too much into it because I, I think I will be talking about him during the sleeper segment, a little, <laughs> uh, a little teaser there. But no, it feels like the sort of thing that... Well, Walker has already so many injuries under his belt they bring in Charbonnet pretty early. I feel like if he has the chance, he might force the hand of Pete Carroll to give him the ball. Uh, Especially if Walker isn't there week one or two. Yeah, I agree. Now let's move into the sleepers. This is the meat of the show. What you all are here for. What we've done is we've selected two players at each position that we feel are being undervalued and will outproduce their ADP. And then at the end, We will also give one very deep shot in the dark player that, you know, hot take type of sleeper. Someone going almost undrafted that we think might actually have some potential. Uh, We're going to start off with quarterbacks. JT, you can give it the first one. Uh, I'm interested to see where you are on some of these players.
1: Yeah, and I think there there are a lot of them this year because it's it feels like a, such an interesting year that if you're not taking a quarterback before like if you're taking a quarterback um in before like round six like you have your guy, but if you decide to wait, you truly can wait until the end of the draft. I feel like it's this deep. year, it's especially deep. it it's very deep, but then also like people we kind of have come around full circle where quarterbacks are so important all of a sudden again that you can really find some value and take some of these guys in the eighth or ninth uh, round and get your quarterback there and they're still have some like top 10 potential so my first guy here is Jared Goff and so Jared Goff is probably one of my the most interesting uh, quarterbacks this year for me just because of the volume I mean it last year if I told you that the, the Detroit Lions were ranked fourth overall in offensive production last year, um, just behind Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Kansas City. I feel like some people wouldn't, wouldn't believe me, but it's true. The, the Detroit Lions offense was crazy efficient last year. They averaged about 380 yards per game last year, and Jared Goff threw the ball around 35, 36 times a game last season. And on volume alone, I think with the offense getting a lot better this year, adding Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ra, you have kind of David Montgomery taking over that Jamal Williams role. You'll have Jamison Williams for a year under his belt, and he's kind of turned the corner and looked pretty impressive in in the training camp here. And then you bring back Marvin Jones. You have a kind of a more veteran style wide receiver group. I really like the chance for Jared Goff to end up as a top 10 fantasy quarterback this season.
0: I like that take a lot. And and we talked about they bring in a running back, but it's pass catching running back. And yes. And the why Jameson Williams, sure he might not be someone getting ten receptions a game, but all it takes, is we saw from his one reception that he has, he's explosive, big playability, something that the Lions don't have a lot of. So I really like that take. Um right now on sleeper, eleven oh eight that is late that is that is yes, very late it's
1: very very late um but he 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 was last year he was the fantasy quarterback 10 last year amongst all quarterbacks last year and with a team that's just getting better and feels mm-hmm. like they really have a good shot at the division i don't think their offense changes too much from what we saw last year um so i think the production stays that way and look i think if you want to wait that far i think what you get in jared goff is around 250 Yards, two touchdowns, which is you're you're gonna get a solid twenty points every single week. And if that's something that, that you are okay with in your draft strategies, I think he's a fine candidate.
0: I like that a lot. My next one, my first one actually, is not going as late as Jared Goff. Jared Goff might be actually one of the best values in the entire draft this season. Uh especially looking at the ADP. There's a pretty big drop-off after him. He's kind of the last last guy. But Deshaun Watson going eight oh five. I feel that that is too late. 2018, he was the number five quarterback. 2019, he was the number five quarterback. In 2020, he was the number five quarterback in in fantasy. He is an elite fantasy football quarterback. 2021, he misses. We all know it. 2022 was a disaster. He came back and only played six games. He was rusty. The offense was kind of a mess, but... He has a whole year of of offseason under his belt, working with the team now training camp. He's there. The the reports coming out is that he looks like he's back to his old self. He has great chemistry now with Amari Cooper, a lot of hype about Elijah Moore. The running back situation is great. I really think this is a talented cast around him. One of the most talented offenses he's been in Houston. Yes, he had Hopkins, but it was never a, a really fully talented team. And I think that this Cleveland team is a team that could support really massive fantasy football success. And thinking about the division they're in, I think there are going to be a lot of points scored and he will be forced to throw the ball. So we're talking about someone who's established himself as a top five quarterback and he is now going at the middle of the eighth round after really not established quarterbacks like Dak Prescott and Trevor Lawrence people who haven't really shown that they can be this elite quarterback yet yes Dak Prescott has had a lot of good seasons Trevor Lawrence looked great at the end of last season but the best case scenario for Trevor Lawrence is that he is what Deshaun Watson was and I think Deshaun Watson I don't think he's lost a step he is still young it's not like he's an old guy at this point he's uh he's only 27 years old I think that because of the situation, people are afraid to talk positively about him, which is completely fair. But I think that that is saying his ADP a lot lower than it should be.
1: And you, I think you're totally right. I think right now, around the eighth round, if you want to wait that long. You're kind of your option is Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard for me not to say Deshaun Watson is the better of the two. I think I think what you're buying with Deshaun Watson is the ceiling of a top five quarterback, but maybe a lower floor. I think his floor maybe right now is as a top 12 quarterback or a top 15 quarterback. So you kind of are buying a little bit more risk there with Deshaun Watson but you know that out of those guys out of Trevor Lawrence out of Dak Prescott out of uh kind of Tua who is kind of going around the same eight to nine um he's the only one of those guys who truly has the the ceiling to be a top five fantasy quarterback
0: it's not as speculative we've seen it and we didn't just see it for a six game span like with with Trevor or Tua we saw it for three straight years he was one of the best
1: and and to, I I you kind of were dancing around the point, but this may be, this might be a hot take, but outside of Deandre Hopkins, this might be the most talented cast Mm -hmm. that Deshaun Watson has ever had around him. Yes. I don't think, I don't think Amari Cooper as is as good as Deandre Hopkins, um, especially in his prime. But I mean, the, the, the depth there with uh, Amari Cooper, um, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku, uh, a top five running back in Nick Chubb, like a really good offensive line. The, it, this season is kind of uh, building to be kind of a season for Deshaun Watson to have his best offensive weapons he's ever had around him, and it's really trying to make him succeed.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that the the, the situation is set for Watson to reemerge as an elite quarterback. I think that that is, you know, fact. Does he or does he does he not? That's the question. I'm betting he does. I'm betting that he didn't just lose all of his football skills. So, who do you have next?
1: My next one is 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 going to be the most the most hot take. Okay, one of all. I'm and ready. It's so it's so it's so hard to kind of predict <laughs> where this guy is going to be. Um, but Anthony Richardson, man, is such an interesting prospect this season. I really don't think you can draft anthony richardson as your quarterback one mostly because i think anthony richardson is probably going to be and this is going to sound weird but i'm drafting anthony richardson um despite him probably being a bottom uh 10 fantasy quarterback for the first seven eight weeks (laughs) i'm buying anthony richardson to be a top 10 maybe top five fantasy quarterback in the last like eight weeks um I think we've seen it time and time again this season. Definitely for for Anthony Richardson is going to be run heavy. Um, I, if I told you right now, like if he is on the same level as a passer of Justin Fields, with the same running ability uh, behind a better offensive line, behind a better supporting cast, like I think he has the potential to have a Justin Fields like season where he's running for a thousand yards um, and he might even throw a little better than Justin Fields did last season. Um, But it's going to take time. I don't think right out of the gate, you can trust Anthony Richardson to go out there and put up a Justin Fields performance whatsoever. But if you, if you're looking to stash him um, his ADP right now is one Oh two around there. So like you have to, you will have to put a little bit of an investment in him if you want to draft him right out, right out of the gate. Um, and of course you're not drafting him to be your, uh, your QB one, but if you're, if you're looking long-term, um, I think he's a great sleeper.
0: You know what I actually love is pairing him with your other sleeper, Jared Goff. Jared Goff is the reliable, super late round, you know, start him every week. You're going to be fine. And then Anthony Richardson, that high upside guy. I, I think that would actually be a great pairing.
1: It would, it gives you kind of the flexibility to kind of wait and see with Anthony Richardson. um, and, and honestly, like if you take those two in like the 10th and like 11th round, like that, that is two more rounds in the top 10 that you can go out and get value in a good RB2, in another wide receiver, in another tight end, so that you can kind of have the the, the trade ability and the viability there to kind of Mix and match your 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 team. So if you want to bet on Anthony Richardson's ceiling late in the season, um, it, it's a great strategy, I think.
0: And one thing I want to note: one thing I love about Richardson because I think I think we both love him, but his ADP was starting to to rise with all the pre-training uh, camp hype, and then the Jonathan Taylor situation started, and his ADP is it's staying tenth end of ninth round. And I think I think Jonathan Taylor is gonna play for them this year. And I think that's good for Anthony Richardson. But if you're drafting before Jonathan Taylor, this situation's finalized, I think he's he's gonna be even lower than where he is right now, just because of the uncertainty.
1: I agree. And it's a perfect time to buy into him because I don't think I think we're gonna go as the Jonathan Taylor kind of saga continues and, and like between preseason camp, like or preseason week two and three, like if you're drafting there, I think the value is going to be the lowest on Anthony Richardson, which is a perfect time to buy.
0: Yes, I agree. I'll give mine. It's not uh, as high upside, but it's kind of more of a stable guy that someone who has been great for several years, then had a bad season situation got a lot better, but fantasy football people haven't adjusted to that. Aaron Rodgers, He's going in the 10th round right near Anthony Richardson 2018 through 2021, he was a top 10 quarterback every season. 2020, he was number three. 2021, he was the number six quarterback. Last season, he loses Devontae Adams, and we all know he he busted. He busted big time. He was the number 13 quarterback, which honestly isn't that horrible. (laughs) But for Aaron Rodgers, it felt like a massive letdown. But what happens? He gets sent to the Jets, where he has Garrett Wilson, one of the most talented young wide receiver, he gets a bunch of his old friends, uh, Alan Lazard. He gets Randall Cobb, who will be good for you know two weeks before he gets injured, and he has Brees Hall and some uh, a very talented cast around him. And every report coming out is that he's meshing well with his team, and they restructure the contract to potentially bring in more talent. And I feel like the ADP is not adjusted for the upgrade in situation that Aaron Rodgers got.
1: I and. I, I think the, I don't think Aaron Rodgers can fail on his own doing this year. I think that's a, I think that's a great point. Like he has done this before. And what happened last year, he loses um, kind of his best pieces. The offensive uh, coordination of the team just really didn't gel last year, bringing in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, like a lot of unproven people. Yeah. But now you, you get a wide receiver one in Garrett Wilson. He brings, he brings his, his, uh his gang along and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. Um, two guys that he's worked well with the entire time the the only thing that i think could hurt aaron Rodgers is, is the coaching staff and, yeah in the offensive coaching staff nathaniel hackett has had success with him although we saw last year how nathaniel hackett had maybe one of the worst offenses according to sean um, payton <laughs> according to sean payton he's had one of the worst offenses in NFL history. I don't even know if that's true, but like it felt like it, right? And then you pair it with a passing game coordinator in Todd Downing, who, as I cover the Tennessee Titans, was the offensive coordinator of of the Titans last season, who had an even worse offense last year. Um, so now the hope is that these two can kind of combine together to to do the bare minimum for Aaron Rodgers. But I think the chances are higher of Aaron Rodgers failing because of of the coaching and other pieces around him versus Aaron Rodgers himself not living up to expectations.
0: I feel like people are writing him off a bit because of the age. And when you have have an older quarterback, because he's 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 no spruce chicken. He's gonna be 39 for most of the season, 40 at the very end, it's easy to go, oh he's old, he's no good. He had a bad season. He fell off. But then you look at is there a clear explanation why did he fall off? Did he just get old? He can't throw anymore? Or did something happen with the team itself? And with, with Peyton Manning, oh, he like broke his neck. You know, there's a there's an obvious explanation uh that that isn't he lost all those weapons. So with Aaron Rodgers, it's not that he took a shot to the to the knee and couldn't step into throws and suddenly he was throwing wounded ducks. No, it was he lost Devontae Adams and the production dipped big time. And to me, I'm fine risking it with with the unproven coaches when he's going in the 10th round. I, I would rather take Aaron Rodgers than Kirk Cousins, personally. I think that Aaron Rodgers will have a better season than Kirk Cousins.
1: I think so, too. I think if if you're looking for those those um, kind of late-round guys between like a Jared Goff and an Aaron Rodgers and a Kirk Cousins, I'm taking Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins every single day of the week.
0: And then pair them all with Anthony Richardson.
1: There you go. Yeah, there you go.
0: All right, moving on to wide receivers. That was uh, two quarterbacks each. I think that I think that those are some good picks. I haven't seen many people talking about those guys too much. But let's move on to wide receivers. This position gets a little trickier to find sleepers because the wide receivers have been such a focal point of fantasy football over the past few years that I feel like every single TikTok, every highlight from training camp is a wide receiver at this point. But I've been trying to find a few that might be flying under the radar. If you want to start with your first one.
1: Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like we, with these, like you have, a, you have different like sleepers, like mm-hmm. quarterback sleepers. Like those are very much people that you're not like that you are super sleeping on. And then you get like quarterbacks here and it's like, or wide receivers here. And it's like, you're not, it's a light sleep. It's a, it's a little, it's, it's not, you're not sleeping so hard because it's just like everyone gets talked about at some yeah. point. So like, it, it's really hard, but The one that i just keep coming back to once again is amari cooper who is going um right between calvin ridley and deandre johnson he has an adp of like 44 um 45 so mid fourth early fifth i think if you can get amari cooper in the fifth like we people forget that he was wide receiver nine last season and only get in only is getting better with with this new offense kind of there's now a couple other receivers that it's not all the amari cooper show anymore no he has um elijah moore he has donovan people's jones there's also going to be some targets um as that offense is kind of reconstructed now that kareem hunt isn't there so it's kind of a different philosophy without him there i think the targets are going to stay the same and if he can kind of level out his production last year from last year because it was a lot of up and down Amari cooper could do even better this year than wide receiver nine. Like, I feel like we're just like Mark Cooper at whatever, you know, like it is just like a boring pick, but like the dude is, is like being ranked right now behind Calvin Ridley. Who's like wide receiver 18 on the board. Like we've we dropped him a whole 10 spots because why I, I like, I just, I just don't know. So Amari Cooper, if you can get him in, in the late fourth, early fifth, he's a fine wide receiver too with most likely upside to become a a wide receiver one
0: yeah yeah i feel like people are just tired of him and that's where some and it's like why (laughs) why why
1: why are we why are we tired of amari cooper because i mean it it is just kind of the 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 saying that uh he's boring but good you know and and if there's one more year of amari cooper it's going to be this year because he's, he's 29 so he's still below the 30 threshold um and i believe this offense is still going to be kind of cater to him despite mm-hmm. there being some other players
0: no I love it my one is I feel like a bit of a broken record but Jahan Dotson I just gotta keep I gotta keep preaching the Jahan Dotson hype he's going right now 712 on sleeper platforms and it's very simple from from the time he got back from his injury and was fully integrated in the offense his production was essentially identical his 17 game pace was identical to Terry McLaurin's. I don't think that there will be a massive drop-off between Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson this season. I think their production will be very similar. A lot will hinge on Sam Howell as a quarterback, how good both of them are. But Jahan Dotson, I'm viewing as a very similar option to Terry McLaurin, just three or four or five in some leagues rounds later. And at that point, I think he's a great sleeper. I'm not going to say he's going to be top 12. I'm not going to say anything like that. But he's going to be basically Terry McLaurin at a massive discount. That's how I view Dotson.
1: And I think the, the point to drive home there is that because Sam Howell is an uncertainty for both of these guys and you're taking Terry McLaurin in the fifth, like yeah. that is such that is such a bigger risk than taking a flyer on Jahan Dotson later in in the draft. So use that pick where Terry McLaurin's going on an RB2 or one of these other guys who, who like a Drake London or Calvin Ridley or something around there who has a little bit of concern, but nearly not as much as Sam Howell uh brings and then go get yourself Jahan dotson in the later rounds and so if sam howell does end up working out you you get Jahan dotson who who will be playing second fiddle to uh terry mclaurin but the gap isn't that big yeah i like that i'm
0: fine uh gambling on sam howell just not in the fifth round (laughs) i'm fine fine betting on that team just not that early who do you have next
1: Um, so, uh, wide receiver from a team we already talked about uh, earlier here, and I think he's a sleeper because of how much hype the other wide receiver in this in this um, in this in this draft is is getting right now, um, and that's Deontay Johnson. And I think Deontay Johnson is such a sleeper because everyone realizes that oh, he didn't have any um, he didn't have any touchdowns last season. Like it was his it was the most down year for Deontay Johnson, despite. Still leading the team in red zone targets, still leading the team in total targets. He just like he just got unlucky. And I think I'm betting on kind of positive regression with Deontay Johnson to kind of come back. And with that positive regression, it's like it's at least like four or five touchdowns, which is like where he needs to be. And so where you're getting him right now on the late eighth or like early eighth round right there, I think his ADP right now is 79.8. So like late seven, early eight, like I'm totally fine betting on Deontay Johnson to have some positive regression.
0: I love it. He feels very safe because of because of the the known volume. Then, as you said, the positive regression. He see, he seems so safe. I think that might yes, be so why people don't like him. Yeah. He just seems safe.
1: Yeah, he seen, like yeah, like what I what I tell people is like just draft good players. Like, yeah, they may be boring, but just draft the good. You players. get no
0: adrenaline rush drafting Deontay Johnson. <laughs>
1: You get you get an adrenaline rush drafting George Pickens in the sixth round and all your friends go, oh, what, what's going on? No, <laughs> like draft the safe player. I promise you it's going to work out in the end.
0: I love it. I've got Quentin Johnson as my last wide receiver sleeper, someone who is a bit of, in my eyes, a longer term investment. Uh, I, I Look, this team needed another wide receiver. They went out and spent their first round pick on Quinton Johnson, who's fantastic at TCU. He's a big bodied wide receiver one profile. Now, I don't think he will see this fantasy success initially. I think what will happen is he'll have a small role. Then either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams will get injured, which will happen. I will guarantee it right now. Quinton Johnson will step in and and soar in in fantasy leagues and, and have a ton of value. And I think at that point everyone will go to the waivers, and it'll be a mad rush draft, dropping as much fab as you can on Quinton Johnston. But I think you should draft him, stash him on the bench for when one of those two wide receivers inevitably gets hurt, and Quinton Johnston takes over. Eight ten on sleeper leagues. Not a big, not a high and, draft pick.
1: And you know, I've I was listening um, to some other podcasts, and it's. It, it, it is kind of maybe time to face that Keenan Allen might be on the downswing in his career here. I think we all want to believe that Keenan Allen is still going to be that one in that, in that room, but there is a very real possibility where Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both go down and Quinton Johnson is just going to get volume by, by the nature of him being the only like good, like healthy wide receiver on the team. Um, so with, with Keenan Allen kind of on the downswing because if you look kind of at, at, at his kind of progression he's kind of losing that ability to separate yeah. he's becoming more of this guy who has to play and and get um his volume on on quick quick out routes and and by volume alone that they're just feeding him so he doesn't have that ability to kind of separate and break away and we know that mike williams he, he is a good ball player but he just gets hurt and so if Quentin johnson is the is the only healthy wide receiver, like it's Quentin Johnson and Josh Palmer by like week eight, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, not at all. And if it's Quentin Johnson and Palmer, I want Johnson, not Palmer.
1: Yeah. I, now I, I will say like Josh Palmer, like as a flyer, like Josh Palmer was one of the most effective wide receivers last, last season on, on a, on a yards uh, after the catch per reception kind of guy. Like he was very effective. He's just like, he, Especially with how crowded it is right now, I'm not... But if he gets... You know, if they all get hurt, like... <laughs> you know, might yeah. as well. We'll see. We'll
0: have to do a, a a podcast, like, handcuffing everyone on the Chargers.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what to do if your Charger gets
0: hurt. All right. Do you have a running back sleeper? I'm I interested do. to see I have, who you've got.
1: So, the first one I'm going to go with here, and this one is, like, a guy that you just totally it is a sleeper no knowing good and well that this might be doomed to fail and that is and that is Rashad Penny on, on on the Eagles this season like if Rashad Penny can stay healthy for more than like eight games there there is no reason in my mind that Rashad Penny can't be a top five running back this season He's so good. I mean last year in last year in the games that he played he he led the league in um yards per attempt he had like he he had like a six six something yards uh per attempt and like the dude is explosive um he's still like kind of in his prime still i believe Mm -hmm. i'm not sure what um how old he is but like the dude he's only 27 years old so like he's still on the right side of that 28 29 if he can just stay healthy like i feel like he is going to get like kind of the the Miles Sanders treatment of the two that are there DeAndre Swift and Miles or and Rashad Penny like these both are two dudes who are just so volatile because of their injury concerns and because of just like how the um, Philadelphia Eagles kind of run their offense but like if Rashad Penny can just stay healthy like I, I, I love the ceiling is the sky is the limit with Rashad Penny. And if you're drafting him in the 10th round, like that is a kind of a risk I think I'm willing to take.
0: No, I like it. He's, he's so good. It's, it's weird. It's weird how good he is. And <laughs> we've never gotten to like have that's unfortunate. him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: It's unfortunate.
0: Mine is in the fifth round. So not quite as much of a, a sleeper, but it's somewhat similar in that this guy's surprisingly young has never stayed healthy, but when he has been healthy, has been incredibly efficient. Cam Akers, I f- I feel like I've talked about him a lot, but he's only twenty four, which is wild because it's he been just about yeah 24. he just turned like, twenty four a month ago.
1: Like yeah, I mean he has had such a career. He's had like the the ten year veteran career in in three years, and that's crazy. Yeah, he
0: came in very young, and it just hasn't worked because of injuries, but. Once he came back, it was week 13, he came back fully from the entry. This was the first time that he saw over 50% of the snaps. Since from that point to the end of the season, week 18, he averaged 4.9 yards an attempt, a touchdown a game. He was on pace for 1,400 yards, 17 touchdowns. He was one of the best running backs in the NFL when he was healthy. And if you, if you, picked him up or held on to him and were patient you were rewarded week 16 with fantasy playoffs he was the number one fantasy running backs, 33 points this guy has explosive upside they they have shown a lot of faith in him given the injuries that they haven't brought in or drafted another running back really and i think this is the year the cam makers he's fully back from that achilles i'm wor- I, i'm i'm taking the risk i would rather be wrong and waste that end of fifth pick than than uh then miss out on a top five running back
1: and with Cam Akers I think last year I, my biggest victory lap ever was taking Josh Jacobs in the 7th and everybody was like why are you taking a a middle of the road like um of running back in the 7th oh you're taking Josh Jacobs that's not the sexy pick I'm like Josh Jacobs is a good runner and like in this case like Cam Akers is this guy in in the kind of fifth to seventh round range that is truly the best runner of the bunch like it's crazy to me right now that cam Akers and to kind of an extent james connor right now are going behind guys like jk dobbins alexander madison and deandre swift like personally that's just like kind of crazy to me mm-hmm. um but to your to your point like cam Akers, i don't have any injury concern with him at all I think the beginning of last season truly was him kind of getting back up to speed. And then we saw what he can do when fully healthy. I think the explosiveness was back uh, at the end of the season there. And he's I think he's all all set to go because they the Rams really did not bring in any competition. So like he will be the, the workhorse back for this team. And at that price, I'm fully in on K makers.
0: I love it. Who do you have next? Let's see. Is it is it another so, guy who might get broken by week three? <laughs> that, it, that's it, the theme of today's be, show. I,
1: yeah, right. Um, I'm going <laughs> to stick uh, to a guy that really hasn't shown anything, mostly because he hasn't been in the league. So okay. talking about a rookie here, um, but a rookie that I feel like nobody really has been talking about because the backfield is just so like weird, and that's Devon A. Chain. Devon A. Chain... Um, was in my top three um, of running backs this season at, out of the NFL draft. When I went to the NFL Combine, he was one of the guys that impressed me the most right behind um, B. John Robinson and um, Zach Charbonnet. Like he was my, he was my three. And I really enjoyed getting to see him uh, get drafted by the dolphins because Mike McDaniels is such a good uh run heavy minded kind of guy. And I'm like, yes, he's going to get used so efficiently. Um, Now he's on the small side. He's small, but he's very explosive. Oh yeah. Um, And, and I think with Devon A chain, I think he has the potential to emerge um, out of this backfield with Raheem Mostert, who is the oldest running back in the league still. And Jeff Wilson Jr. I think Devon A chain has a true um, shot to, to come out of this, this kind of three-headed backfield and be the top guy. And if you can get him where he's going right now at 115, so like the middle of the 11th round, like he's a perfect flyer for me.
0: Yeah, 4.3240 time. And the longer they go without signing Dalvin Cook, the better for A-chain.
1: Yes, I agree. And and it's, you know, if it really just doesn't make sense to me like why the Dolphins would sign Dalvin Cook. Like in both, like whoever Dalvin Cook, he just makes like, that team so much more messy like mm-hmm. if, if dalvin cook gets signed with with the dolphins it's like there are four guys here who are all gonna split time and like it's almost like there won't be enough touches for everyone to even like get rb2 value
0: you know where i think cook would be really good uh, is the vikings <laughs>
1: <laughs> that you know you know um that would be crazy but i think you're right like i i think he could have potential we'll there have to, we'll know? have to make
0: a jersey swap to to get that image in our heads no <laughs> my go, my, yeah. my my next one is another rookie so it, it's been interesting cuz we didn't share our picks before this and we haven't uh, had any that overlapped but we've had been very similar kind of train of thoughts on a lot of these especially the running backs but uh, Zach Charbonnet, you said he also stood out to you, so that that's a good sign. 9.02 is the ADP on sleeper. He's a big running back who will be great on the goal line, but also a good pass catcher. The big concern is Kenneth Walker. But I'm starting to believe that there's a chance that Kenneth Walker misses time, even at the start of the season, and Charbonnet gets a chance to prove himself. And that's really all he needs is a chance. That's all Kenneth Walker needed. If we, if you think back, uh, was it, who, who was the running back there last year that, that was the starter? Was it, um, it was Penny. It 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 was Penny. It was Penny. penny. And then there, they also wanted Chris Carson. That didn't work out, but they spent a very early pick on, on Walker and it wasn't his job. But as soon as he got an opportunity and, and showed that he couldn't be left off the field and then the others went down due to injury, he had the job. And I think that something similar could happen with Charbonnet. I think that Zach Charbonnet could come in for an injury and really force himself into the timeshare. And Walker will, of course, be involved once he's back from injury, but it will be more of a timeshare than people are expecting. And on a team that I think is going to want to run the ball a lot, I'm good having a piece of that timeshare in the ninth round. And he's going significantly later than Walker right now. And I don't see him as really a downgrade.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it might be a good investment for Zach Charbonnet specifically because even if Ken Walker comes back, there's a very real chance that he, he, he misses a couple more games with injury again. And, and so buying either side of this, um, buying either side of the offense of the running game there in Ken Walker where, uh uh, why is it? Why is his name Zach Charbonnet? Yeah. <laughs> Buying either side, like I like it, but of course I'm gonna buy the the kind of lower value side in Zach Charbonnet.
0: Yeah, and it feels like they're they're handcuffs with standalone value. Yes, which I like. Now I think that's all of our sleepers, except for we've got our our very late round shot in the dark players. You can go first. I. I'm scared you're gonna say Tank Bigsby, which will just break my heart because I still love Travis etn, and it would be insane. But but give me your late round guy.
1: Are do you are you just like a mind reader or like or like <laughs> because I was it about was to Tank say Giz- I'm oh. sorry I'm sorry Travis etn truthers, but uh, Tank Bigsby might. I'll be really I'll just good I'll take my headset off. What... You
0: can you can tell them all about him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like tanks Bigsby and this is a guy who like I also watched his film. He, he wasn't as impressive, wasn't as like kind of explosive as like a Devon A-Chain or a Bijan Robinson, but the dude the dude knows how to run. And so far the reports from camp are that this dude is legit and this dude will be taking a significant share of the Travis Etienne snaps this season. And I think that this backfield is going to be more of a timeshare than people realize and so if you are on the travis etn train i think almost a tank bigsby um handcuff is a must or or if you want to kind of get the get some of the value that this timeshare might bring then i would go out and get him and i mean his adp right now is 146 so i mean you're getting him in the 14th round right before you take your kickers and and your defenses or anything that you want so like the value on him is is at an all-time low and i think as we kind of go into more preseason games, I think the hype is going to start to build more and more around tanks. Big speed. I have one more that I'm just going to throw out there. Like this is truly my dart throw and see if it sticks, but the rookie Jonathan Mingo for the Carolina mm. Panthers, I think has a true shot to become the wide receiver one. Um, this is some, I don't like to buy into a lot of the camp stuff, but this is something that I'm keeping my eyes on as well through, as we go through preseason games, Jonathan Mingo, I think, in that room with only DJ Chark and really Adam Thielen ahead of him. I think he has a real shot to kind of make an impact down, down the road in the late end of the season.
0: No, I I like both those. And I agree with all your reasoning about Bigsby. I just disagree from a fundamental moral, moral, (laughs) moral point of view. My guy is 15th round. So pretty much undrafted. And he, he was fantastic in college he now has a good quarterback, but he missed all of 2022 due to leukemia. And it's John Mechie. And for me, Mechie, it feels like anything could happen. He could be the wide receiver one for this new C.J. Stroud offense, and he could be a startable player every single week. Or he could, could fade into obscurity. We don't know. But in the 15th round, I'm taking a gamble on the talent and, and uh, the CJ Stroud connection. And I am drafting John Mechie with my last pick in the league with the hopes that he's fully recovered and can become the wide receiver one for this team.
1: I love that pick, especially in deeper leagues. Like if you're looking for these wide receivers later in rounds, like John Mechie, like you got to kind of look for guys who have the opportunity to pounce on the, on kind of that one, that wide one receiver role. one yeah. title that, that, these teams still don't have established and guys like Jonathan Mingo and John Mechie, like John Mechie was really good in college. Like the the dude, the dude balled out against some really tough competition. um, Especially a lot of those LSU teams and those Clemson teams um, when he was in college, like the, the opportunity is there for him. And it really, it's like, is it that hard to beat out Nico Collins? Uh, We'll see. But like the, shake the magic eight ball the signs point to yes like it's it it is um possible for him to beat him out so I I love that pick especially in in your just kind of taking your flyer on those last guys John Mechie is a guy definitely to target
0: yeah there there isn't a lot of upside in the 15th round but I feel like he's got it
1: (laughs) yeah no I that is it might just be a total vibes thing but I think especially where he's where he's kind of his ADP right now is like that's not a bad problem to have
0: all right, well, that is going to finish it up. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you like this show. And profit approved, it's coming soon. So so you better start working because people are expecting these players to not bust. Um, and last year, I had some that did bust. So what, my one rule for you, uh, I'm, I'm going to let you do whatever players you want for profit approved. Tank big Bigsby can't, can't be on there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Yes. All right. I got, I got my, my outline. Anyone my else? Now. Anyone else? All right. Yeah, there you go. Cool. <laughs>
0: well, we will see you all next time. Uh, have a good week, and guess what? Football's back.